Welcome back. We're glad you have chosen to join us for part two of Pastor Tim's message, Yuletide Lessons, from Luke chapter 1 and 2. Christmas presents, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, aren't nearly as important as Christmas presents, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, and as important as our family's presence during the holidays is to us, the presence of God is more so. When we learn more about who He is, we learn to trust Him even more. Here's Pastor Tim. Thirdly, Christmas teaches me about God's provision. About God's provision. Let's pick up where we left off. Or did I even leave off right? To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. Did we make it all the way to verse 5? We're supposed to. Pick up in verse 6. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Doesn't say how many days, does it? She brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. We're talking about God's provision. We're talking about God providing for all of their needs. She is nine months pregnant by the time they make this journey. Doesn't say how many days, but I assume that it's measured in days and not in months. So just a matter of days. They don't have a hospital. In those matter of days, they don't have a room at the local inn. In those days, they don't have that crib that Joseph built that they had to leave behind in Nazareth. They don't have any of the things it seems like that they need. They don't even have a midwife. I, mean, I don't know how, how experienced Joseph is at this kind of thing, but he is the head doctor and head nurse at this point. You don't get to send anybody to go get hot towels or wet cloths or whatever it is that we send men off to do. He's got to do it all. They might not have an inn, but God provided a stable. They might not have a crib, but God provided a manger, a feeding trough. They might not have baby blankets. You know, that same old white, pink, and blue blanket that every parent in here has got one of at home? They don't have that. But they have some rags that the farmers used to use to wipe down the cows with. And they can wrap him up in that. They don't have a midwife. But she does have Joseph. Mary certainly did not receive everything she wanted. For those that were looking on from afar, who understood the prophecies who understood that Messiah, the king of the Jews, was about to be born. They expected palaces. They expected royalty. They expected nannies. They expected wet nurses. They expected all of the treatment that a king deserves. And yet they didn't get one thing. As far as I can tell from the story, not one thing that a new mom would have wanted. 
But in that one verse, she has everything that she needs. Would you listen to this? I said a while ago, if you don't get anything else, get that out of that verse. If you don't get anything else, get this. (laughs) God's not nearly as interested in Mary's comfort as he is his own glory. God is not orchestrating this for her comfort. God is not orchestrating this for her pleasure. He's not orchestrating this for the reputation of this child. He is doing this for his glory. That's why he acts. That's why Christmas is here. That's why Jesus has come. That's why salvation occurs. For God's glory. Everything that he does in your life is not necessarily for your comfort, not necessarily for your happiness, not necessarily for simply your well-being. It is for his glory. How can he gain glory out of your life? Are you even interested? Would you sacrifice the comforts? Would you sacrifice the wants? Would you sacrifice the list? If it meant God be glorified in your life? Take it from a teenage mom. It's worth it. It's worth it. God's glory is His provision. He provided her with everything that she needed so that the focus isn't on all of the stuff, but that the focus remains upon Him. My, how we've turned Christmas around. So that the focus is seldom on Him, and now it's back to being about all the stuff. The stuff that God provides is for provision. You know, I mentioned to you a while ago, the Bible said that Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, and yet she was in Nazareth. You know, actually, the Bible also says that he would be a Nazarene. Some people say that that's the, the, the promise of the vow. Some people say it's because he would be from Nazareth. Do you know the Bible also says the Messiah would come out of Egypt? How's that supposed to happen? Same way. I mean, the same way that God's power leads to God's placement, leads to God's provision, God's going to send them on a trip from Bethlehem to Egypt, back to Nazareth, so that every one of those prophecies are completely fulfilled. Here's the problem. Have you ever wondered why they stayed in Nazareth? They stayed in Nazareth. I mean, sorry, why they stayed in Bethlehem. They stayed in Bethlehem, you know. Jesus is a toddler. The the word that's used is not a baby, an infant anymore. It's a child, a small child. The Bible says that they're living in a house when the wise men come to visit. You know? We set up our nativity scenes. We got the shepherds on one side. We got the wise men on the other side, you know, because we don't want them two to mix up with one another, right? Wise men didn't come along for another year or two. But when they came, they knocked on the door that day. 
and they worshipped him. They came bringing him some gifts, didn't they? They brought him some gold, some frankincense, and some myrrh. Let me go back to my original question. Do you know why they stayed in Bethlehem? I think part of it is is that they couldn't afford not to. I don't think that they could afford to go back to Nazareth. That they had to find a house. That Joseph had to start his job again. Do you remember eight days after Jesus' birth, they take him to the temple to have him circumcised and to give him his name Jesus? The Bible says that when that takes place, you're supposed to bring an offering. You're supposed to bring a sacrifice. You're supposed to bring a lamb. A spotless lamb. It's the perfect gift. But the Bible makes provision. For those who don't have sheep. For those who can't afford to buy sheep. For the poorest of the poor, you didn't have to bring a lamb. You could bring two little turtle doves. Two little small birds that are everywhere a dime a dozen. Mary and Joseph brought the turtle doves, didn't they? Why'd they do that? Because they couldn't afford a sheep. Nobody brought them gold yet. Nobody brought them anything. Here's a young couple with a brand new baby, born in a stable, with no job and nowhere to live. It's everything they can do to take care of themselves in Bethlehem. And now God says, hey, Herod's after this baby. You got to get him and take him to Egypt. <laughs> God, we, we can't even afford the 80 mile journey north. How are we going to afford this, this trip all the way down south into Egypt, into Africa? How are we going to do that? I don't know. I'll find some guys in the east and they'll come over here and they'll bring you some gold. How about that? Here's the point. God provided for every one of their needs. There's not a need that you have that God can't provide. There's not a need that you will ever encounter that ever taps out God's supply. He is always able to provide for every need that you have as long as those needs give and ascribe Him glory. That's His provision. Number four. Christmas teaches us about God's presence. About God's presence. We go back into our story kind of where we left off of our reading. Jesus is born. The angels go and they make, they make that known, remember, to the shepherds who are out in the field. And the shepherds, not the kings, it's the shepherds who come first. And they come and they see this newborn king and they worship him. I want you to notice verse number 19. Mary kept all these things, and she pondered them in her heart. She didn't go just talking to everybody, did she? She just wondered what God was up to. By the time you get to the next to the last verse in this chapter, verse number 51, you're going to read the exact same thing. For 12 years, Mary's just bottling things up, treasuring those things in her heart. She is experiencing the presence of God. 
the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. The presence of God, there's power. The presence of God, there is the one who says, Call unto me and I will answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things of which you did not know. All in God's presence. It's the presence with a C that's way more important than the presence with a T when it comes to Christmas time. You can have every present that your little heart could possibly imagine and still be unfulfilled at Christmas time without the full awareness of the presence of God. Will you let Him teach you this year? Will you let Him teach you this coming weekend? Just let Him show you what He might do. Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes with me for a moment. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you have, do you, do you sense in your own heart a need, a longing, something that you know that you just can't Fix something that you can't make happen or you can't make appear. Would you give that to the Lord today and see if He might do it? Let me ask you this. Do you know for sure, I mean for sure, if something were to happen to you today, that you would physically, in your own spirit, be right in the presence of God immediately? Do you know it? You can. The Bible says these things have been written that you may know that you have eternal life. Don't you want to know? If I can help you with that, I want to. I want to. Maybe you want to come to the altar. Maybe there's something going on. Maybe it's, you need the impossible done. You need His provision. You need these very same things that we learn about come Christmas. If I can pray with you, I want to. But maybe you just come. Jesus. I ask your blessings through your spirit right now. Every heart of every person that's in this room. Father, teach them a lesson today about what it means to belong to you. Gather them up like a mother hen gathers her chicks. Surround us both with your presence and with your love. Father, I pray that you would do in these moments what every person in this room needs for you to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand with me where you are. If you need to come, I want to wait for you down here. You come. Sean, lead us as we sing. This Christmas season, Pastor Tim challenges each of us to share the love of Christ 
with those we come into contact with each day. Remember, he who wins souls is wise. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BrittDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.